0: Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan.
1: I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles.
0: I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today. Because today, we are coming back with (laughs) another fantasy book recommendations episode. Got a lot of great books to talk about here. And um, I think we need to just... You know, this is a special one. This is coming out, you know, Thanksgiving is only a few days away. And then we enter the holiday season. Everyone's always traveling mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Busiest times to travel uh, in the country. So we want to make sure that you, know, you you get your suitcase out. You got your swimsuit. Packed. Toothbrush. Packed. Fantasy novel? Hmm? Sunscreen? Mm. Fantasy novel? Hmm? So mostly sunscreen <laughs> Sunscreen's very don't forget to pack that it's if you're going imported. If to most places even if it's not like hot or even if it's cloudy you should have sunscreen on it's very important
1: oh just in general mm-hmm. very important for your mm-hmm. overall sunscreen it skincare. protects you that's right from the sun's rays and mm-hmm. can help prevent skin cancer mm-hmm. but this episode of friends talking Fancy <laughs> brought to you by sunscreen oh, i i wish <laughs> No particular company.
0: <laughs> Just the Sunscreen Association of America. Um,
1: yes. The S S A. The S... So, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Association.
0: Well, workshop it. We'll workshop it. But, guys, fantasy novel, that's the point here. It's really, like... Having a good book on vacation can it is so critical, but you, when you're going to pick, you just don't know what you're getting. Not quite into.
1: sunscreen levels.
0: Not quite sunscreen. Although like some right of these books are big it. enough, you could just kind of like cover yourself. It's like an umbrella. They're so big. You just hold it over your head, and nothing True. is penetrating the 1,000 pages of uh, one of Brandon Sanderson's novels. Yeah. And no, then no UV getting through yes, that. Yes, I think.
1: Yeah, Way of Kings is like 200 SPF. <laughs> right exactly exactly but
0: you know those are books those books are kind of a bit too big to throw in your suitcase right they're they're massive tomes and i think that's what we're here today to do we're here today to talk about art There is always Kindle, that's true, but <laughs> maybe you're only on vacation for a week and what are you going to read a thousand pages? If you don't finish in time, then what? You got to go to work and, and then keep reading? Like, Who's got time for that? So that's yeah. why we're here today. We're going to make sure that your next vacation is a good one with our top fantasy books to take on vacation. Now Dylan, should we just, I guess, talk a little bit more about what we describe as a good vacation book before we get into actually recommending anything?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's relatively subjective, of course. Definitely. It's 100% different. Uh, yeah. Some folks, you know, we asked about on Twitter, and some folks were just like, I just kind of grabbed whatever I was going to read next anyway, <laughs> and that's fine. But Charles, you and I, we have vacations coming up. I'll mm. be heading down to sunny Florida um, mm. for a little while. I'm excited mm. about that. And... I like to read something that's a little bit lighter, like you mentioned, uh, also a little on the shorter side. I I like easy reading when Mm -hmm. I'm on vacation for the most part. I want something that's going to flow. I want something that I can get done by the end of the vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to just relax, like Mm -hmm. hopefully lay out on the beach, got that sunscreen on, swimsuit on as well (laughs) (laughs) that's that's good (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it's nice and I think that some of these tomes that have become mainstays of fantasy those ones I kind of try to avoid when I'm going to be just hanging out on vacation it's a little too much to dive into when I'm trying to relax exactly I'm not about to recommend maybe some of my favorite
0: fantasy books of all time because Mm -hmm. we're talking about vacation i think another thing to consider is like i don't want to recommend something that's part of a trilogy like maybe i'll recommend something that's part of a series but the book itself needs to offer a whole complete experience it's not gonna be like oh like read the first part of like uh, you know read malz on book one and then it's like then what am i gonna to. do yeah, like, I, like, I gotta read
1: you'll barely understand it if it's your first time reading it It'll yeah be and if you're trying to read dance. it on the beach and, and flipping back to see the for... character
0: like annotations and then yeah. back like on the beach it's just very cumbersome just sand everywhere it's everywhere exactly and yeah. um exactly so very thoughtful about that so to me it's like complete experience in one book it can still be part of a series but it still has to offer that complete experience like you said dylan easy reading or easier reading and just overall a fun read like we like to call certain books capital l literature and these might be a little more on the entertainment side than the literature side, although some have both so let's... Like, I've I'm, got one that probably fits into Capital L. But. I. I. I think you do. Yeah. I think you do. Um, mine, a little bit. Not as much. A lot less than yours. But um, that's what we're getting into today. So these aren't necessarily the best fantasy books of all time, but these are very vacation-friendly books. So if you're like mm-hmm. us and you're planning your last vacation of the year and you're getting all excited, make sure you pack one of these along with you. You won't regret it. Now... Uh, Dylan, would you like to do the honors of dropping our first top
1: fantasy book to take on vacation? yeah and i'm gonna go old school here charles mm. with one of both of our favorites and that's a wizard of earth sea by ursula k le guin and how can you go wrong with le guin in general <laughs> and you certainly can't go wrong with a wizard of earth sea i mean it's a it's an extremely reasonable length i mean if you got a long day at the beach, you might be able to crank through this thing in that one day. It's, it's got, so portable. It's a, very portable. Uh, <laughs> it's it's also uh, it's also Grandma Marsh approved. My oh, grandma yes. is <laughs> is a fan, and it's you know it's got a ton of depth. She wrote to an awesome it, poem actually. about it, by the way. Oh yes, yes she did. She's <laughs> my grandma is a published poet, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. Personally, Kayla Gwynn would have been very proud, I think, of of the work that Grandma Marsh put in. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's uh, it's got a lot of depth to it and some brilliant, insightful quotes. But it's actually still, I think, a very easy read, despite the. Uh, you know how poignant it is and how wise a lot of what Ursula K. Le Guin wrote in it it's uh it's got this kind of campfire storytelling feel to it which is kind of nice you know it's like uh, late night we're all sitting around the campfire on our vacation and let's just hear Ursula tell us a tale and. Mm. I mean, this book inspired so much of modern fantasy, you can see. So uh, it's, you know, it's got wizarding in it for sure. It's got a young uh, chosen one feely protagonist who is perhaps a little rash, perhaps a little arrogant, and it's got a lot of those elements that you're used to but it's a wholly unique story. Uh, it is also, I think, relaxing in the sense that it's not one of these intense action-packed novels. We always talk about this with The Wizard of Earthsea that Earthly K. Le Guin intentionally went out to write a story, a fantasy story, that's not going to be having big battles or anything like that. It's a very mm-hmm. personal story. Uh, about our protagonist and all around I think it fits us. It, it completely works as a standalone though it is part of a series but it fits right. our our criteria really well right it does standalone, like I was saying it's relatively short as fantasy novels go oh uh, it's pretty easy reading I mean originally it was designed to be kind of young adult before young adult really existed back then it was actually one of the big I think influences in young adult even becoming a genre oh um, sure and it's yeah and you get all of that while you still get a, a lot of this depth um, without uh, it being you know Malazan levels of <laughs> intricate or anything like that so right absolutely awesome book and one I would be very excited even to reread on um, a vacation for sure. And I think this is a great pick. This was
0: on my short list too for a lot of reasons beyond just the portability that I mentioned. I mean, this could go in your beach bag. It could go, um, you know, it could fit a purse. It's small. And if you're on a four day vacation, you know, a shorter vacation, maybe you're on a longer vacation but only have a few reading opportunities. This is a great one to get that full complete reading experience because of the length. And it has a lot to offer. Like you said, it, it taps into that like uh very like storybook kind of storytelling which um is as like soothing as is engaging and there's dragons and there's magic and there's traveling right um it, it's remember we learned the word buildings roman the um which is basically like a young adult wow. novel remember did that you one? get
1: that right
0: i don't know if i pronounced i remember it right. it. buildings roman <laughs> buildings Roman. Buildings uh, Roman. Um, sure. Yeah. A novel is, dealing with whatever one's that is. Formative years or spiritual education. Yeah. And, and it does tap a lot into that. And um, like you said, the benefits, like if you enjoy it, there's a lot more books in like the, the Tales of Earthsea or whatever they call it, where she's written a bunch of books. And then, even better than that, Dylan, let's say you were right on vacation and you enjoyed it, you got a long travel back, you could listen to our episode on this where we did a very long Mm. book discussion on uh, the Wizard of Earthsea. And we even did one on our favorite quotes, which was called What Ged Said, (laughs) which is uh, our Earthsea (laughs) quotes discussion, which is also very exciting. So you got some listening material as well to grow into with this book.
1: Yeah. And super cool influences by like Taoist philosophy Mm -hmm. in this one too. So... If that interests you, it's very focused on this idea of balance and equilibrium and our role in the world relative to, uh, I mean, you know, all of it, like animals and even things that are not uh, non living or not living. Uh, mm. So it's really, it's really interesting. It kind of can be a perspective shifting book, uh, mm. which is a lot to say of a book that we do think fits into that easy reading that's good enough for right. uh relaxing on the beach so don't yeah, be it. surprised if you come back from your vacation <laughs> changed by a wizard <laughs> of earth sea
0: very well said don't it's very rare that a book can offer that kind of shifting perspective opportunity and still be like a short vacation read as well so that's a great pick and um if you're picking a book that's non-violent and classic. I'm going to kind of do the opposite here and pick something a bit more action-packed mm. and brand spanking new as well. I'm, of course, talking about The Final Strife by Sara el This book only came out mm, a Friend few, of the show. Friend of the show, Sara el We had the privilege of interviewing her, like, days before her book came out. And I'm not saying... That we, you know, she came on our show, and then a few days later became a Sunday Times bestseller for this final strife. Now I'm the FTF saying, bump. Yeah, I'm not saying the FTF, which is also bump. a
1: dance move that Charles <laughs> brings out at, at the annual FTF Christmas party. Oh yes, and that's coming up for sure. Um,
0: <laughs> but don't don't talk about the moves that you bring out during the Hanukkah party. Those are those are eight crazy <laughs> oh, nights. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, those get pretty out of control. We do a lot of partying here. But um, Final Strife. It's eight, eight days. <laughs> it, it is the Hanukkah nonstop. party goes for eight days and eight di- eight nights.
0: It sure does. It sure does. And it can't be missed. Uh, but the Final Strife is also something that can't be missed. It came out just a few months ago, I feel like. It It wasn't been that long. And quickly rose to the top of the Sunday Times bestseller. And that's for a lot of reasons. And I bring it up. It's one of the longer ones in terms of like bait page count and book size that we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. But here's the situation. I, I we I read this book when I was on vacation. My youngest mm-hmm. brother was graduating college in California, and I live on the East Coast. So, flew over there, took a week off from work, enjoyed the beaches of California, um, enjoyed some family time, and while I was there, I was like, here's the perfect opportunity to read my advanced reader's copy of uh, Sara Elarifi's The Final Strife. And... I was hooked on at any moment. We weren't out doing family activities when we were back and relaxing. I was in this book and I was totally gripped by it. And I was there for a week and I finished it well within the week. And I actually started another book, which makes my honorable mentions. I didn't get to finish it, but um, I finished it and I loved it. And then I think that is why I have to recommend it as a vacation read, because that was my last vacation and I read it and I really enjoyed it. it and it's got a lot of action. It's, Set in this world that you know, there's like a, there's a class system and there's a magic system, a caste system. Yeah, yeah. There's a caste system. Cast. Yeah, yes. I would say over. Mm -hmm. And there's like magic and. There's this whole tournament that goes on throughout the book and each day is a different tournament competition. So there's tons of action. There's romance in this book as well. Uh, that's really fascinating and twists and turns and nonstop energy. So for those reasons alone, I would I would have to recommend it.
1: Definitely strong female characters as oh, yeah. well, for sure. It's inspired by a mythology of Africa and Arabia, mm. so a very different setting, and it's uh, going to take you to a totally different world from those medieval fantasy books that we love, but sometimes uh, <laughs> we can get you overloaded. Take a vacation from and... your
0: swords and sorcery medieval right. Europe <laughs> while you're on vacation with <laughs> The Final strike.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that Absolutely. is definitely a good option there. And it's uh part of the reason why I fully endorse this recommendation for vacation is like you're saying, despite its length, not only is it gripping, so we both read this on e readers. Like are mm-hmm. the arcs that we got were just digital copies. Uh, and they weren't us. even like so the Kindle page hanging... count one. It was like the PDF right. uh, like you weren't quite sure how long it
0: was they weren't numbered or anything exactly
1: right so we're just kind of moving through this and we we didn't have any reference but i mean we could have probably looked it up but we didn't and uh, then when i finished it i looked it up and it's almost 600 pages Mm -hmm. and i uh, remember being like oh i thought this was like 400 it's like we both had the same guess uh, yeah and i i contacted charles i was like dude like how long do you think this book was and he had the same exact reaction so that's how fast-paced this book is and how much it grips you and i think this is a fantastic recommendation charles thank you Um, and and for me it's like look sarah
0: el-arifi this was her big debut this is the cutting edge of modern fantasy guys it's just exciting to be reading some of the latest stuff and watching her succeed and like she's super talented super friendly her main character is like really hot headed and she's addicted to drugs but she's also falling in love and she's also trying to she's finding reasons to fight and she's kind of finding her like cultural identity and her like social identity too which is really fascinating to watch unfold and it's just a really really strong book it is part of a trilogy that's not out yet but this book the whole thing is kind of bookended by this tournament and you get through the whole tournament and it ends and it's satisfying so I feel I feel confident in recommending it as a vacation read even though I said trying to avoid trilogy reads but there's a contained story in here that can be enjoyed and so when the battle drum comes out when the Battle Drum comes out folks, which mm. is the name of the second book, um you can be sure to dive right in. You'll be ready because you'll have read this on your last vacation.
1: You will have read this on your last vacation. <laughs> we we demand it. It's required. <laughs> <laughs> when you like yeah. go to uh, customs also... and they check your passport, they hand
0: you the final strife and that's, you know, enjoy your vacation, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's also got very audio feel to the book even though neither of us mm. listened to the audiobook because uh, it wasn't out when we, we were reading it originally it. it's got the we really should yeah i'm interested in doing that it's got so these you sorry about it too right because you're about like what you're about to bring up was
0: sounded really interesting
1: yeah yeah she did uh, she did discuss the audiobook a, a bit um and I'm trying to remember. We were asking because there's a. Uh, oh, God. Am I going to say it right? It's like Griot? G R I O T? Griot? Griot, G-R-I-O-T is, I so. is, I think, right. Thank you, Charles. Um, they're these Griots, and they're like uh, oral storytellers. And they uh, there's this whole, like, just the way it's written has this uh, rhythm to it. When it's like the first chapter starts with one of those stories and it's just like uh, bang dera bang dera bang like it <laughs> says that in the text kind of like hyphenated and then italics and you can just like hear this story even when you're reading it physically rather than listening to the audio spoken so,
0: word performed uh, with a percussion yeah. instrument right so he's like banging on the like um, on these drums like instruments and uh right orating this story and that's the beginning of the book
1: yeah it's really cool and it just immediately puts you into this setting you're like oh this is this is going to be something a little bit different so mm-hmm. yeah if you're planning on maybe doing some audiobook listening on your vacation which is also i feel like that's fantastic for oh yeah uh, it's like i'll throw in the headphones while i'm walking through uh the airport or while i'm sitting on the plane it's you're doing very a long drive but in
0: yeah just, yes absolutely true absolutely
1: so, fantastic and you'll have to let us know how the audio book is we're sure it's pretty awesome we heard from sarah so you'll she was have really to excited about it back if you
0: too it it wasn't available yeah. at the time now we'll have to go back i think
1: they out. did they actually do drum that's what i'm trying to remember is I if think they actually she said did they actually like brought drum. in a performer i think she said they did i just don't know if they yeah. used it or not but they did bring one in and they did record it
0: yeah I
1: think they did. I mean, it's it. probably in the sample. I'll, I'll listen to that afterward because it's like mm-hmm. the first thing that yeah, happens. So it's probably if you just go to like Audible and listen to the sample, then you can hear it. So, all right. Well, that's that's an awesome recommendation, Charles. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're always happy to support Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. We know that she's doing awesome uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> already with the Sunday <laughs> Times best uh title to mm-hmm. her name. So... Uh, yeah, Asara's awesome stuff, and, and hopefully we get her back sometime uh, soon, at least in advance of uh, the Battle Drum, because I hope be awesome. we can get the chance to read arcs of that, and uh, I'm, I'm excited We're for when it comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. All right, well, shall I? You shall. I shall. And I shall recommend a book that, for me, just is the epitome of fun in Mm. this genre. And Charles, I think you're going to agree with this one. Uh, Another friend of the show, actually. Uh, We didn't do this intentionally. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But this is the one and only Kings of the Wild by (laughs) Nicholas Eames. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, this book, it's a, uh, I I would say, a homage right is that uh, the right word homage pays yeah, homage. I think homage. Right? It, it's an homage it's homage it, anyway it's definitely a love letter nah, that's what i should have said mm-hmm. a love letter to the 70s music scene in a lot of ways uh while also having this sort of dungeons and dragons uh feel to it where it's got a crew uh, a party if you will or a band as it's called within the book. Uh, um, it is about a group of, uh, uh, like, basically monster fighting travelers called a band who are long retired by the point of the story beginning so it's like Mm -hmm. if you think about someone past their prime who uh, was like the top of the monster fighting business back in the day (laughs) now you know they're a little out of shape they haven't been fighting at all they've got families a lot of them or like maybe they're divorced it's like Mm -hmm. different characters are in different situations uh and then uh the main character Clay, he has uh, uh, the old band leader knocking on his door because Gabe, Golden Gabe, uh, the the lead singer equivalent, um, he has had his daughter uh, actually get like trapped in this uh, city that's under siege, and there's this like giant impending war with all these monsters coming up, and. Uh, Gabe needs Clay Cooper's help. So we end up, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, a get totally the band works, back together situation. As a really, yes, and yes. It's a, the uh, the top of it says the boys are back in town, and it is a <laughs> get the band back together situation. So they're going to go round up the rest of the band, and again, mm-hmm. it's all these people who were once just showered in glory and are now past their prime, you know, bad backs and everything. So. It's, it totally works as this, it's so funny. It's so funny, I just yes. want to start with. Mm-hmm. And it's so original. There's just uh, nothing I could compare it to. And it is so uniquely the voice of Nicholas Eames. And mm-hmm. uh, I, it's, it. you couldn't imagine anyone else writing something like this. And it's, it totally works just as a, like, Group of guys get back together and go off and fight monsters, and just a funny, like, adventure story. Mm-hmm. But in the background are all of these references and they're they're relatively subtle in the sense that they're not like Some turning, they're not breaking the fourth wall. Well, what I'm yeah. saying is they're not breaking the fourth wall, you know, no. meaning they're not turning to the, uh, you know, hypothetical camera here and staring at the reader and being like, ha ha ha, there's this uh, like very clear reference. Mm-hmm. No, it would, if you'd never heard of any of these uh, 70s bands or songs or anything like that, you would uh, just be able to read this and like oh this was a funny good story but if you are a big fan of the 70s music scene like i know charles is big uh, time you're going to yeah you're going to pick up on a lot of these references and there's so many more than uh <laughs> more than probably you could imagine just going through it there's a whole list uh I don't know if it's Nick Eames who made it, but there's a list out there on Reddit somewhere. Um, I don't even think so if Nick many. Eames knows the total amount of references he put in there. Right. There's a lot. <laughs>
0: yes. And uh,
1: and there's a playlist associated with it made mm-hmm. by Nicholas Eames. There's also a playlist made by uh, <laughs> our very own Charles uh, I did. as well. I tried not um, to pick the same ones as Eames did. So we got a
0: good... I, it's like the the complimentary supplemental playlist to the
1: playlist right the The FTF final cut so Mm -hmm. you you can listen to those songs as well while you're you know on the plane or driving the car over to your destination help you get even further into the mood of kings of the wild and i think it just is uh, exactly the kind of relaxing like fun read that's not going to it's not gonna it has depth to it the characters are interesting and all that but it's not going to push you to like overthink things or anything like that it's a straightforward fun story that you'll appreciate if you just like swords and sorcery fantasy with some humor to it or especially if you also really appreciate the 70s music scene for sure and that's well and standalone said yeah it stand is standalone but part a, of a larger right. series yeah in the sense that there's another book in this world but following a different crew of characters primarily mm-hmm. so it's uh there's some continuity and...
0: but it's new characters further in time all that stuff yeah dude when you recommend like when you floated this book by as one of the ones to talk about for this subject i was like obviously yes because it's so much fun the hook of the book this idea of mercenary monster fighter groups in this like organized like a 70s rock band you're like yes 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 (laughs) obviously and it's just fun entertaining and funny the whole ride and i think that speaks to like you know Eames is, you know, he loves, he's a nerd on on music, he's a nerd on video games, he's got a really sharp sense of humor, and Mm. he just knows how to have fun, and I think that's one of the things we really appreciated about that book more than anything, like sometimes you have fantasy authors that feel like they have to take... Like, think of, like, Game of Thrones. Like, if we take this very seriously, this is Game of Thrones. Like, uh, Ned Stark has to be sad. <laughs> but in this book, it's like, we can just have fun. and <laughs> We can have monsters and dragons and, and like, uh, penis jokes and all this other stuff along the way. And uh, that just is makes it a perfect vacation, right? Because you can just enjoy it and, and ha- have a lot of fun. And uh, another yeah. series that well is nonstop Ooh. fun and action that is on my list and this is another one that i read when i was visiting you dylan at the time when we were both in florida and and we were like you know, it was a different time back then game of thrones was still on the air it was the most popular thing in popular culture we had read all the books we were going on bestfantasybooks.com trying to find the next thing and i'm sitting They're in now your- defunct now, well, right. the website's Didn't not working. The hosting isn't updated, so it's just weird. But I um, couldn't books. get on it the other day because I weeks. wanted to go back and, and, and see the post for this book that I had originally just when I had the fantasy fever, is what I picked up. I was mid vacation hanging out with you, looking for my next book, and uh,
1: just looking some way to escape. Anything to get <laughs> from, out of the monotony from having to spend trapped so much as time your with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in
0: Florida. Exactly. Uh, anything to. Um, What do they call it? Um, Escape. So uh, this book grabbed me from the title and kept me enthralled the whole Mm -hmm. way. And of course, I'm talking about Heroes Die by Matthew Woodring Stover. I've recommended this book and other recommendation series in the past, and we've come close to reading it a whole bunch of times on the show. I think we're just waiting for that perfect moment in time to give it the attention it deserves. But on the surface, what you have is one of these classic fantasy books, but it's pumped up the action. And it's been years since I've read this book, but the thing that always stuck with my mind is like Heroes Die great action segments, great action pieces. There's chases, there's fights, there's duels, there's ev- battles, there's everything in this book. And it's a book like about violence and it has these different perspectives of violence, how violence can be brutal, how violence can be intimate. It, it's a, how violence can be consumed by a populace. It's like, the uh, premise behind it is that these these they're called acteri they're basically these like coliseum they're like actors slash coliseum fighters where they like get vr teleported into like a fantasy world and crowds watch it and then this one guy kane he's famous for being this like action hero and he's really in this fantasy world he's that star and it kicks off this huge like Fantasy battle against the big bad warlock wizard ruler guy, and it's a good versus evil kind of situation. But it, it's just non stop action and fun, and uh, very satisfying and final duel and all of these things. And then once you're done, like just enjoying the ride and the chase and the action, which is what makes it a great vacation read, it, it's just unabashedly fun. Mm. And if you like a little bit more bloody action to your fast-moving pieces like if you like like something like a spy like book or or a book on like military or you know those kind of like more actiony uh violent actiony kind of stories this is a great one for you in the fantasy world and but when you're done with it you're like you know that was actually a very clever book as well and it keeps you thinking for a little while longer about just like it's presented as gratuitous and it's it, it's like that on purpose sometimes and it's a very smart thoughtful book beyond that too so when you're flying back and you just read it and you've closed the pages like the back covering like wow that was so good and then you're sitting in the plane thinking about it and you're like oh yeah oh interesting you know there was more going on in that book than I initially thought and that's just such a rewarding experience that I would highly recommend anyone have for heroes die. Um it is part of this Acts of Cain, but it was written as a standalone and I think it was so popular that he wrote more. So I haven't read the other Acts of Cain, but this is the first one and is definitely a contained story as well. So highly recommend Heroes Die by Matthew Woodring Stover.
1: Totally agree. Yeah, you've always been the main champion Mm -hmm. of Heroes Die on our show, but I'm a big fan, too. I read it not long after you did because Mm -hmm. I could tell you were so big on it, Mm -hmm. and it was a really rewarding read. I always think of Heroes Die as being really ahead of its time Mm -hmm. as well. It was 1998 that it was published, and this predates really the grimdark boom in fantasy. But it fits into that gritty, I would say, like it's like borderline grimdark. Uh, yeah. in terms of its, its themes, aren't as grimdark, I don't think, as maybe something like Joe Abercrombie's uh first law series. But Correct. it is it's not as uh, very violent, it's not presented it's as dark.
0: cynical as something like Abercrombie would be. Abercrombie will make fun yeah. of his characters and his world, but this is presented more seriously but it's just as cynical
1: yeah and if i remember correctly the way that the uh, the fans consume the media in this world is they basically get to uh, put on this device that makes them like experience the things that kane is doing as if yes. they are kane himself mm-hmm. which is part of how this becomes this like meditation on violence is that and, and like this meditation consuming on this, of like, media <laughs> yeah and like weirdly before it's time like parasocial relationships you know that self-insert big, characters that's, like, feelings like, like, like this we other yeah These feelings like like we know the people that we're interacting with. Like we feel like we are Kane. We feel like we literally know the people, like the other actors and stuff that Kane is interacting with and the characters in this fantasy world. And it's really also ahead of its time in terms of being this like science fiction fantasy hybrid, which has Mm -hmm. become a lot more popular these days, I I believe. And I I always think of Mark Lawrence, another friend of the show, Mm. uh, when it comes to the science fiction fantasy uh, fusion uh, that goes on. And I really love this idea that Kane is from this uh, scientifically advanced world that has all the technology that we're describing and gets transported into this fantasy world. And the fantasy world it gets transported in is very high fantasy. So it's Mm like this clash of this really gritty, dark character into this High fantasy world that <laughs> you think of belongs a little bit more like along the lines of like a wheel of time. Right. So it's, yeah. And like you said, as far as being a vacation read, so action packed. It's like an 80s action movie <laughs> exactly. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And fantastic protagonist and you know, not one of these tomes and totally stands alone as its own story with a very satisfying conclusion, like a particularly mm-hmm. satisfying ending to it. And mm-hmm. I, I remember coming away and being like, that's I end a book. Yeah, so that's how you end a duel. Yeah. I, I just so many yeah. things.
0: And I'll also say one thing I think that also that might sell some people on this is Matthew Stover is also famous for writing a lot of the popular star wars novelizations so i guess he kind of gets that like popcorn movie uh story Uh, like he's had a lot of experience with that he's a lot of fame with that so i don't know why this is happening
1: um so yeah highly recommend (laughs) yes definitely highly recommend that so i yeah i'm I don't know, I'm all riled up talking about Heroes Die, it's action pack. We got to read it at some point relatively, uh, I don't know, if relatively soon, but we got to read it on the show at some point. It's, uh, it's also, I know you say it was popular, it's also, I think, underrated. I think we oh, talked yeah, about yeah. it in our underrated fantasy recommendations uh, a while back. So it's, uh, yeah, the kind of book that still deserves more pop. Then it's gotten, and you have the opportunity to do that on your upcoming vacation that you may or may not be taking. <laughs>
0: Very well Dear said, listener.
1: Dylan. Now, I believe yourself.
0: we both have <laughs> one book left. So let's crank yes. them out. And then we've got an honorable mentions list that we'll have to uh, speed through as, as well. Let's get
1: this. Let's see what you got. I've got a book that I just read recently and this book is called Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. So you you might know of Emily St. John Mandel from her really popular book called Station 11 which was made into an, a series on HBO. So this is this is legit. And this is the one that uh, I would, it's capital L legit, but it's also capital L literature, I would say. I, I think it does fit into that category. But uh, that being said, it is an accessible, I, I think it's like more sci fi actually than, or like maybe you would say speculative fiction uh, mm-hmm. than it is fantasy per se. Uh, but it's a 255 page book. Emily St. John Mandel has, like, some of the, I feel like, easiest uh, prose to read, and it's also, it's got this sort of clever winking at the reader feel to it a lot of times, and even uh, sometimes it uh, it's, like, very, it's just very witty, I, I, I think, and... It's it's an interesting story. It, it's also got a kind of vibe to it. I think especially the early pages have this sort of, at times, like seaside uh, feel to it. Uh, it is called Sea of Tranquility. And mm. it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's... It bounces through different time periods in a really cool way. Like it starts, even if you just look at the, this isn't spoiling anything. It's early if you look at the, there's like a table of contents. Uh, it starts in 1912 uh, and it's uh, following this guy heading to the new world. It's a really, uh, uh, actually I really love the first line. is really cool. Um, <laughs> it's Ed, Edwin, St. John, St. Andrew, 18 years old, hauling the weight of his double sainted name across the Atlantic by steamship. Eyes narrowed against the wind on the upper deck. It's like, it, it goes on, but I just love that double sainted <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> a bit it, like that's kind of gives you a taste of how she writes, right? St. John, St. Andrew's double sainted name. So, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, uh, Uh, it's got uh, really like interesting elements to it uh, that are sort of meta. Uh, They're one of the characters. It bounces around these different characters in these different time periods. Uh, One of the characters is actually an author who is on a book tour who wrote a book about a pandemic. And you get, yeah. Which is what mm-hmm. Station Eleven, the hugely popular book I was talking about before, uh, is about. And you, it's just the the reflections of a person who wrote a pandemic novel on uh, uh, what it's like going around touring. Um, it's very interesting. Alongside, I don't want to get too deep into the speculative fiction elements because I do think that those are. Are probably spoilers to get into, but it will give you that speculative fiction fix to it in this two hundred fifty five page packet. It's a really small book too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have it here, Charles can see it. Yeah. It, it is uh, here. I'll I'll use my giant head for <laughs> um, uh, to for size comparison for Charles. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's very. Portable, it's like this little hardcover. And I've I actually, when I was carrying it around, I was like, yeah, oh, this is nice. This is a nice, <laughs> uh, compared to like these for the giant reader on the covers. go. like, we just, yes, it's very portable. Uh, mm-hmm. so bringing in the physical description of the book into this discussion, uh, and, and I don't know, it just gave me this, like, these, especially at the beginning, these like vacation vibes to it, and mm. I i hope some folks check it out it actually it's it was nominated for uh, i don't know if you're plugged in on this charles because you're not like a big goodreads person but nah. uh, really? yeah there's this yeah I, I, there is this whole thing like goodreads choice awards which uh, are a pretty big thing uh I know it's something that a lot of people are pretty critical on. It's like, it's happening right now and you see all these people tweeting about it. And most of the tweets are like, like the, I don't like that. Like this book wasn't picked or I haven't read any of them and people getting upset. But for sci-fi, actually it's, uh, one of there's only a few books that get nominated each year, and it is nominated for best science fiction on those Goodread wow. Choice Awards. Uh, so, another uh, reason to check this out, and especially if you really like Station Eleven, I think you're gonna enjoy this. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: sounds good. You making me want to check it out. You know, um, very excited to <laughs> about that. Um, my last one. I was coming from this of like how do I recommend a Brandon Sanderson book because there's a lot that is vacation friendly <laughs> about him and then there's a lot that surprisingly isn't I know he's like one of the best selling fantasy authors today in the game but. But to me, it's like, okay, am I really going to recommend that someone check out The Way of Kings for their, like, one-week beach vacation in December? It's it, it's no. too big, and it kicks off this, like, ongoing, like, multiple thousand-page book thing. Like, do I recommend Mistborn? I, you could read the first book and be entertained by it, but it is part of a trilogy, and I'm hesitant to, like when people are curious about dipping their toes into fantasy i don't want to scare them away with a trilogy or any or anything massive you know i want them to like in, feel like they can try it low risk enjoy it have a good time so it's like what is the brandon sanderson equivalent for me in this case and i went with warbreaker and i went with warbreaker for a few reasons one i read it when I did read it, I remember having a hard time putting it down. Um, that was one I read very quickly for like hours at a time because Sanderson has this ability to like cater to the reading experience. He knows how to keep you sitting there flipping the pages and he knows how to surprise you and entertain you and and when to pick up the action, when to pick up the intrigue, how to weave an intrigue mystery into his story really well. And that's such a hard thing to do, especially when you're as scrutinous of a reader as myself but warbreaker had that about it it had some very like it it had some really fun characters in it it had like a god that
1: hates being a god
0: you know with the with the god complex and all this stuff and and it has um a whole diverse cast here of and uh it kicks off this like mystery it's almost like this whodunit kind of thing and uh it it to dip into the cosmic without not it's not really but it is um, it 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 doesn't you don't have to read any of his other works to be able to jump in and read it and it's free on his website too he this was almost like a writing project mm. for him he released a lot of stuff like a lot of drafts he really kind of opened the the curtains a little bit gave you a peek behind the curtains a little bit um, into the writing process. This was kind of his like virtual experiment of a novel. And then it was eventually published by Tor and everything. So you could get a copy if you wanted to, but it is available for free online as well, which is another reason why I wanted to kind of push this one up compared to some of his other standalones. He's written some great shorter stories too, but uh, this one I like because you can really sink your teeth into it without committing to the sprawling, um, epic fantasy that some of his other works have so if you're if you've heard about this sanderson guy and you've never given him a chance then you go to barnes <laughs> and noble and you see the book and you're like are you flipping kidding me i'll throw my back yeah. out trying yeah. to pack that in my suitcase there's no way i'm gonna read that check out warbreaker because it gives you the sanderson experience with that sanderlanch that everyone talks about which is where things get really spicy and and intriguing towards the end of his books and it all kind of comes together in this very exciting moment it's got that as well and it's uh it's worth checking out a lot of what makes sanderson sanderson a lot of his writing styles executed very well in this condensed package and i think that makes it perfect for any uh any vacation
1: true and vacations are expensive dear listener yeah so the
0: (laughs) i the idea
1: that you get to get this free book you don't have to add to those expenses that's pretty nice i always forget that warbreaker is free yeah and let me libraries that's, exist that's too. a huge factor never heard of them <laughs> but <laughs> yeah warbreaker it's a lot of fun and mm-hmm. it's also it's really colorful i guess it's uh, mm-hmm. the magic system you did <laughs> focuses <laughs> and i think that it's I mean, it does in contrast to the, like, you think of Mistborn, I love Mistborn, but it's just like, ash fell from the sky in this like bland colored brown world with n- and it's there's this one picture of a flower and whoa can you imagine those things existed and i don't know if that's a world you want to transport yourself to on vacation meanwhile warbreaker has a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff going on in it and just the aesthetic of it if you if you're someone with a very vivid imagination and you picture books really well this will be uh a fun one to watch a movie play out in your head. And yes. yeah, all the all the elements like you were saying that make Sanderson Sanderson. There's fun twists there's one twist that I remember really got me. And mm-hmm. I like to think I'm a pretty you know, I'm, I'm pretty keen as a reader to like, oh, this is going to... Right.
0: I think uh, of all like... the books I've recommended, this one has some of the best twists, turns, and reveals, mm. which I find myself craving that in a book sometimes, especially on vacation. Like, give me a good twist, a good turn, a good shock. Yeah. And, and I think this delivers on that more than some of the others that we've discussed today, for sure.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, when you're just reading as much fantasy as us, it's always fun when one can catch you off guard and Mm -hmm. Sanderson's one of the best in the business at doing that. So always. uh, Yeah. And, and the other thing that maybe is, is a good idea to recommend for vacation. You don't want to lug a book all the way to this new spot and then end up not liking it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Sanderson is one of the most accessible authors and what one of the most guarantees that I'm like, I don't know if you'll love this, depending on what your, your reading habits are and what you most like. And some people will definitely love it, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But I feel very confident recommending to almost anyone that they will at least like it and i think the extent to which that feels like a sure thing when recommending a sanderson novel that okay you're going to take this on vacation this is your book that you're invested in you're actually very likely to enjoy this so i i think that partially makes it a great recommendation as well right and just like the idea
0: of trying to To find that Wright Sanderson book for your limited window of time to enjoy reading. It's like, this is the full experience. I almost thought of Emperor's Soul, which is a really great story by Mm. Brandon Sanderson, but it's almost too short. It's like a, it's a short story. It's a novella.
1: It's a novella. If you had like,
0: only like, if your vacation was a little shorter, like four days, like it's... A Really great one to read and then if you do read that you have the benefit of checking out our Emperor's soul book discussion with Phantology that you wouldn't want to miss it's like a great companion piece to to
1: Emperor's soul Way book. Back.
0: Maybe one day we'll do war. That
1: was Breakers. the first time First time anyone from Phantology podcast was on our show. Yeah, I think that was like our first collab
0: maybe one of the first so um, yeah. Really enjoyed that story. And uh, Warbreaker is way up there, too. It's a little bit bigger, more proper novel size book to take with you on vacation. Something to really get lost in while you're out there on the sands or wherever you may end up on your vacation. So, those are kind our six top fantasy books to take on a vacation. Those are our big recommendations. But in the discussion, Dylan, we tossed around a lot of other ideas and we'd be remiss if we did not at least list some of them i think if we go down the list maybe one quip or two quips about each book just as an honorable mention in case someone hears something that they might be like "Ooh, that might cater more to my taste specifically so Mm -hmm. listener we're going to list just a couple traits about certain books and if you think it's for you then we highly recommend these as well so uh shall we go down the list here i've got the list open um, the first being Lies okay. of Lock Lamora by Scott Lynch. Um, we both recently read yeah. this
1: one. What else is there to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a a really cool uh, setting to it. It's more of this, uh, is it based on like, uh, so like Venice, Venice I feel something. like? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like Mediterranean they, yeah, vibes. and yeah, so those vibes are are fun for a vacation, I think, and it's also just very witty banter. It's the dialogue is so good. The characters very funny. Are great. it's fast, very satisfying very cursing,
0: <laughs> if you like cursing. Yeah. Sky Lynch knows how curse. It's kind a good ch- curse. Like it's like an art. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. So satisfying. You'll understand it if you give it a read. F-bombs, it's hard to explain. Beautiful. So. Yeah.
1: So they're always adorned with some interesting adjectives as well. Like it's it's never just a straightforward curse, mm. but extremely witty. It's fun. It's fast paced. It's kind of it's got this thieving crew, and if you like sort of Ocean's Eleven type stuff, you'll probably appreciate it. It's got found family vibes as well, and one of those celebrated uh, yeah, like fantasy duos as well. Uh, if you like a good fantasy yeah. duo. So
0: yeah. One of my favorite characters in And it's one of those like when you look at the top fantasy books of all time, it's on that list a lot, especially in modern fantasy, and well deserved too. So if that sounds like it's for you, check it out. Um
1: and a complete story. A complete story. Even though there's an ongoing series, you could read that and be done. Which may never um well (laughs) I won't say that. But uh it's It's, it's been ongoing, ongoing for a long series time. that has uh, not had a book released in a while. We're used to those in fantasy, but yeah. That being Think said, like if King you just Killer read Chronicles, the Lys Lacomora, "Song of Ice and Fire," yeah. is that kind of situation, right? Um, but Liza Lacomora is just on its own one of my favorite books. Period. It's so. a great book. So I'll okay, let's do thing.
0: these other ones faster.
1: Like, <laughs> this one will be we fast. Have, well, let's. Well, I don't know what's on the list, but let's just okay. jump into Among Thieves because okay. it's a good thing to branch go, off. That's for Among Thieves by MJ Kuhn, also friend of the show. She's mm-hmm. delightful, and she wrote a delightful book. It is it is partially inspired by uh, The Lies of Locke Lamora. Um, MJ wrote a book that... Uh, very fun dialogue as well the characters have uh, interesting quirks and idiosyncrasies about uh, them and kind of her twist on it uh, the last lock lamora is more like this found family where even though they're willing to rob other people they all really love each other and mm. all that kind of stuff which is cool right yeah. but among thieves the twist that it takes on that is every person in the thieving crew, which is kind of a motley crew that's put together more by happenstance and convenience than by like everyone loving each other is every single member of the crew is planning their own betrayal of the mm-hmm. other members. And <laughs> you get all these different point of view characters and you get to see kind of what each of them is thinking behind the scenes. Uh, meanwhile, you uh, like, uh, there's a lot you don't know and a lot of twists and turns as well so great oh, characters you. funny book good dialogue and that same kind of thieving crew feel with a heist and all of that so awesome and very short i would say mm-hmm. like uh, as fancy books go it's like 300 some odd pages so quicker than lies a lot lamora too sequels yep. coming out but it tells a full story
0: well said dylan the next one on my list is one i started to read because remember i Cranked through Final Strife It was my perfect vacation book. And then I immediately dove into House on the Cerulean Sea. And House on the Cerulean Sea was an interesting one because I didn't get to finish it. It was something funny because I I convinced my mom to buy it for herself because uh, I just thought she would enjoy it. Mm. And I was like, well,
1: maybe. Charles's mom, friend of the show. Friend of the show friend of the show also features on an episode book recommendations from charles's mom exactly um authors tj clune friends talking fantasy yes yes, yes. yeah if you love friends talking fantasy and you but you hate me uh, as an individual you'll love that episode yes that was a
0: very fun episode um but uh, I thought she would like it. So when I didn't, when it was time to pack up my bags and head home, I was like, you, you know, it was bought for you. You should take it. I'll get to it another time. I'll get my own copy. So I didn't get to. Finishing it and it was also she bought one of the copies that i hate that have like the new york times bestseller yellow thing sticking out of it i flip oh those. yeah so i was like take it take it take it i'll get my own copy um but i read a good third of it it's a shorter book it's a very fast read it's a total change of pace from any of the books we've discussed so far and this would be something if you're like i like i don't really want swords and sorcery so much give me more like the modern day whimsy magic and that's what House in the Cerulean Sea is. It starts with like a admin guy in his cubicle. He's kind of a pathetic kind of guy and everyone takes advantage of him and he gets thrown into this fantasy scenario. Um, and it's, there's a joke every other sentence. It's ah, very lighthearted. Kind of like
1: a vacation.
0: Kind of like a vacation. You know,
1: like, a, you know, he's working hard. He's in his cubicle <laughs> yes. and then he gets some time off. Oh well, he doesn't get time off but he gets an interesting
0: assignment. Oh he has to uh, keep working? He, well, he gets an interesting assignment where he has to work okay. with like kids that have magical powers, but because they have magical powers they're kind of like troubled and dangerous, and so there's a house that they're kind of like contained in, but he's really good at with working with them mm. and anything. Anyway, he gets thrown into this whole magical world, and, and it's just very, very funny, and I was enjoying it. it was what I like about it for a vacation wreck, it was very lighthearted, and it takes place in a different setting. I just couldn't put it on my list because I haven't finished it. I don't know where it's going to go, but what I was reading, I was enjoying very, very much. Um, Did Rosemary finish the book? I haven't talked to her about it. She hasn't brought it up. I doubt so, but if I followed up with her, she would crank it out in like a day. She's a fast reader. So I should talk to her about it yeah. and That's maybe I'd borrow her a button, copy. <laughs> um, <laughs> another book that I did read on vacation that I really enjoyed, this was years ago, was Under Heaven by Guy Gavril Kay. We had brought this up when we mm. did like best standalones. I think Guy Gavril Kay is someone you shouldn't sleep on if you're considering packing a fantasy book for a vacation, especially if you're really you like, sleep I'm going on this vacation to enjoy... A book and like get lost in a book. I think Guy Gavril K is good. He's a little bit, his books are a little bit longer and meatier than I felt comfortable putting it on my top list, but it is still a very fascinating book. And he's the master of setting, right? In one of his famous works, Tigana, is another Mediterranean inspired um mm-hmm. book. And then this one is inspired from Asian culture. And you can just tell Guy Gavril K is a big researcher and a big his- history buff. And he manages to pull that into his. Characters, his magic systems, his worlds—he creates a totally unique setting. But it's so it it captures such interesting parts of certain cultures that he weaves them together magically. And Under Heaven was one of those where it's an Asian setting. This guy's gifted this impossible gift of like an army's worth of very valuable war horses, and it's one of those gifts that you can't refuse because it would insult the the emperor. And if you accept it, you immediately become a target of all these other noble people. And so he's like, what do I do with this? And he's just thrown into this political scheming of the empire. And this was someone who was not involved in politics at all, who's all of a sudden the center of politics and all the interesting stuff that happens around that. So it's a great standalone, really great Asian um, inspired culture. Just a little bit long, so you have to be really ready to crank it out on your vacation and i'd say i would say the same thing for tigana as well but the mediterranean version where it's like really great mm. but just kind of long so you have to be open to that but guy Gavriel k don't
1: sleep on him yeah don't i've only read tigana by guy Gavriel k Cur- what made you decide under heaven was like the go-to for this vacation because i read it when i was on vacation and i
0: really enjoyed it so i'm like well perfect there you go i read tigana at home just in between working hours so i was like it would still be good but i feel like i should recommend the one that when i was on vacation i read it and i liked it like that's the proof of concept
1: exactly exactly so So, it's a great story too all i'll add is yeah totally with you charles on uh, K being the master of the setting, mm-hmm. I mean, no one grounds you in a world uh, in the way that he does, so mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be transported for
0: sure. And you history buffs out there too will enjoy it as well. Um, another one I recommend, like let's say you don't have much time, let's say you want to get into comic books, like or graphic novels, mm-hmm. if you will. Saga Volume One is. Something I will recommend for any situation. It's just so
1: good. Um, read on vacation, read it at home, read it. It's like a green eggs and ham situation, just anywhere. (laughs) Just read it. Brian K.
0: Vaughn, Fiona Staples. They're graphic novel volumes, so they're short. Read it in 50 minutes. I didn't want to recommend it because it's part of a long, long series. And so I was like, it doesn't really fit the criteria. And it's also a graphic novel. I didn't want to kind of put it in this fantasy books thing, but definitely check it out. Like, just, Just check it out i'm not gonna go any further than that other than it's incredible and you need to read it Um, it's a space the hobbit Hobbit was also on my list which i also feel you don't need to go into that much it's just a short book it's uh (laughs) you recently had to read it out of out of peer pressure and shame um but it's a short book two great motivators yeah two great motivators um recommend um here's one you can talk about all systems read
1: Oh yeah, well you can talk about it too, Charles. But I guess you almost recommend you almost made it to your top, so I feel like you should.
0: uh, True. Give it a chance. Yep.
1: All systems red. It's uh, the part of the Murderbot Diaries. It's basically about it's a novella, so it's really short. It's a really fun read. It's hilarious, and it's it's sci-fi ish, but not intense sci-fi focus on technology it's basically about a uh like i guess it's more of a this is what's the right word for it? like a cyborg or whatever like a part human part uh because it's got cyborg like organic is a human parts with as well, robot parts i
0: think it's a cyborg and, and there's it's an got... android which is um a robot that's meant to look like a human
1: being I think. Robot, that's meant... Well, it's like part organic bits and part uh, like robot parts. But e- either way, it's about uh robot-ish uh, yeah. character. So it's a mobile... It's a robot with is, a human
0: form Is an android. And a cyborg has organic parts.
1: Okay. I knew that. That's yeah. right. I don't know what Murderbot is exactly or what it falls into. Uh, but point being... Uh, it's this cyborg like thing that is designed to be able to be this killer robot, but it's uh, basically just wants to hang out and watch soap operas and like <laughs> slack off instead of doing its job. And it's. It, it's part of this human crew that uh, gets sent out on these jobs with all the, this, like, crappy material, uh, like, and it's it's just really funny, especially if you're on vacation and you're reflecting on how much maybe you don't love your day job <laughs> and you're kind of thinking, uh, you're kind of complaining about it in your head. This has some sort of funny, almost satire of, like having to work for a big company. It's a well, Hugo so. Award winner too, right? Did it win the Hugo? Maybe it's like it, the Nebula or it, something. Oh, maybe it was. Are Nebula. you looking at something that says? No, uh, I mean, let's see. I, I thought it won something. It's award-winning at the very least. Let's see. Uh, uh,
0: but yeah, I agree. What's great about it is that it is um, short. Uh, and it's just really witty and funny and a quick read. It, it, it's not saying it in the first couple sentences, so there's no way it was. Oh, it was a Nebula Award for Best Novella and the 2018 Hugo Award for Best yep. Novella. I was right. Ooh. I oh, was right. Oh, okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. So it's a Hugo Feels Award good. winner Doesn't for it, Best Charles. Novella. I know, my, I know my Hugo Awards. Um, so, yeah. Plugged in. What what Plugged did in you on mean? the Hugos. Much like Murderbots mean, plugged in where's our nomination still waiting on
1: our nomination for best fan cast yeah
0: i know right so um if you're listening and you're part of the academy at the hugos they're they're our name in the hat huh come on um but let's see that'd be nice we have piranasi in here by Susanna clark another great short story um very well written another one leaning towards capital l literature Um, Very sweet and endearing also and very thoughtful. I almost kind of put it in the same basket as Wizard of Earthsea a little bit in the type of story Mm. that it is. Um, So if you like what we were saying about Earthsea, Piranesi is along the same lines, much more modern and um it's let's just say it'll fit in your suitcase better than jonathan strange and mr norell the chihuahua killer that also by susanna clark was massive (laughs) um so if you're looking to get into susanna clark piranesi is a great start um paper menagerie Mm. and other short stories i only read Ah, the paper menagerie from this one and it was brilliant uh but dylan you might have to speak more to the the collection
1: yeah, Paper Menagerie and other stories is the collection of short stories of the brilliant Ken Liu, who wrote the first book to. It was like would swept the, uh, like it was like three awards, including the Hugo. Charles, I I know mm. you're you're super plugged in on all those awards, but it's it's this preposterously, uh, you know sentimental and poignant story the paper menagerie and it's like 20 pages long or something like that but it's it's a tearjerker makes me cry every time i've read it a couple times now and it is in itself just an incredible short story to read on vacation But I'm telling you to pick up The Paper Menagerie and other stories because you're not going to just take this 20-page short story on vacation and call it. It is nice to be able to just eat these little bite-sized pieces of story, Mm -hmm. you know, sit down, crank out this uh, 15-page short story or whatever, and then uh, chat it up with uh, whoever you're on vacation with maybe. Um, But it is a collection of of absolutely brilliant short stories not just the uh, the paper menagerie is not the only incredible story in there there's so many and i love how ken Liu he does this really interesting thing of blending like sci-fi and fantasy elements there's this whole forward in the beginning where he's like i don't really see the distinction Uh, and it's cool for you speculative fiction fans it does approach more of that capital l literature they're they're (laughs) thinkers uh for sure and they approach big themes but they do it in a very accessible and short form way. So if Guy Gavriel K is a master of the standalone, I'm gonna say Ken Liu is a master of the modern short story. In fantasy well said. Anyway. And
0: it was the first work of fiction to win all three of science fiction's major awards, the Hugo, the Nebula and the World Fantasy Award. So that is a huge yes. And brilliant idea, Dylan, to choose an anthology for or a collection of short stories for a vacation wreck. It's like, if you don't yeah. finish it, it's okay. You got to whatever story you got to, and you're not. it's not incomplete. So I thought that was brilliant as well. Very great recommendation there. The last one we have is One Word Kill, which I've never read.
1: Oh, that's by a friend of the show, Mark Lawrence. Second time coming up, right? I can't remember what he came up with for earlier but we were talking about heroes oh, yeah, die in the sci-fi blend yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah one word kill is it definitely leans more sci-fi as well it's basically about a character who is a a teenager i believe at the start and he uh, He actually receives a a cancer diagnosis, which doesn't sound very fun. And there are parts of it that are kind of existential and are uh, exploring some of those matters more in depth. But it also has very like stranger things style elements to it Mm. it definitely has some of the suspense that you'd associate with it but also his he's kind of like this nerdy guy he's really into math and he has this whole group of friends that he plays dungeons and dragons with and Mm. uh, it's it is a bunch of like they're like younger teens i think Uh, and uh, you know they get into all this trouble and this mischief, and it's actually really fun and mm-hmm. funny. So, and it's it is definitely on the shorter side as Mark Lawrence's work. Uh, actually, I don't know why I'm saying it like He's that. Pretty, Mark Lawrence has, uh, yeah, he actually pretty concise That's compared like, to some of these other yeah. tomes. that has yeah, pretty, re- yeah. yeah. I'm glad you, you but it's even recommend shorter Mark than most, Lawrence yeah.
0: because some of his other books like. The ones that I've read are all part of these great series, and it's like you really just can't read the first one and be done. You got to read. This all is of them.
1: part of a series, but it would stand alone, I think, as well. But I yeah, recommend I think that's why the you series. picked it because it stands
0: and alone better than like all the books, Prince of Thorns too. or um, Book of the Ancestor does. So uh, Red Sister, yeah, the all the, the
1: all the books in the series are great. But anyway, it's more it's like short and fast paced and uh And I guess it's more—I don't know how to say it—like intimate feeling in some ways. Than I think of books like book, the book of the ancestor books, like Red Sister, and I'm like, those are big stories. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, they're, they're great so stories. They're just you can't—you'd so have to on. take
0: all three books with you on vacation. That's just not realistic. So, yeah. Um, although I'm sure Mark Lawrence would applaud buying all his books and taking them well buy right? all the books definitely buy them <laughs> for sure there are must buys yes. but um if I mean, you only have limited time uh, the whole point of this was not to pick something that was required reading for two to ten other books so um yeah I'm, I, i've been looking that's p- my if you're a big stranger
1: things fan that's my nice, anyway. nice. So yeah. I, I should pick it up
0: We should read that soon but there you go, guys, our top fantasy book recommendations to take on vacation. I hope you have a great holiday season. Speaking of vacations, we're going to take next week off for Turkey Day, but we'll be back very soon. We've got a lot of exciting stuff in the works, but we hope you pack one of these books with you for one of your upcoming vacations. It's uh, it's uh, um, we, we, We'd really love to hear more about it from you guys because we've... We, think very highly of these books and we love to talk about them. some of these we've talked about many many times already so thank you for listening
1: yeah and now i hope you're ready to listen to some sweet sweet outro music mm, let's get that sweet sweet outro music pumping
0: Thank you, everyone, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you want to talk to us and support the show, what really helps is following us over on social media. That's on Instagram at the FTF Podcast and Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even more than following us on social media, what Mm. can... They do.
1: Toss five stars to our podcast. And that is now a possibility on Spotify where the majority of you are listening. And we do see some of you coming in with those ratings. We We love you, reviewers. We love you. Yes we do we do really appreciate it it does we're just this independent podcast put together by two friends who love chat and fantasy and Mm, totally unmonetized uh you know we bring it all to you free demonetize we bring it all to you for free we do it for the love of the game so if you're on spotify if you're on apple podcasts as well there you can toss us a rating or a review but just listening is more than enough Thanks so much for doing that. Well said, Dylan. Thank you all
0: so, so much. I I feel like a five-star review, that's better than someone like, you know, giving you like a five dollar bill for their patreon subscription you know it's like the, the, the five dollars the the, the the five star review the endorsement that speaks more than anything else that's why we're here guys to deliver good entertainment and that's how we know that you enjoyed yeah.
1: it the star to dollar ratio is in favor of the stars oh. stars are rising dollars are going down yeah yeah
0: inflation guys who needs
1: money when you can get right Uh, stars stars. though they're strong
0: stars are strong and we're holding up fast they fuel us through this we love seeing those
1: go up Charles, who needs money when you can get Warbreaker for free? Ex- Warbreaker's free. Libraries
0: <laughs> exist. What do you need money for? you so. still never heard of this. <laughs> you should check it out sometime. I think you'll like what you'll find there. But in the meantime, guys, beyond just following on social media and rating five stars, just listening, making it all the way to the end, that's more than enough. So thank you all so, so, so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, go Go
1: forth and conquer, friends. It's one of those times where the the comma is important. You know, don't conquer your friends. <laughs> no. Okay, just go forth and conquer, comma, friends. Yes, it's
0: go forth. You as friends. And go forth and conquer, my friends. Or don't conquer my yes, friends. Yeah. it's go forth and conquer. No,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one your then friends. Don't conquer. Yeah, me. exactly.
0: That'd be bad. You're right.
1: Yeah, so keep that comma strong.